0: You are now, listen to the moon child. Is March 12th, it's been officially a year since going to that basketball game, seeing the Kings versus the Pelicans. And that's when COVID shut down and all of our lives changed forever. But I would say we came pretty long way since then, um, we're more educated on the topic. Uh, we have a vaccine now that I should be getting soon. But it's also been a year since I've been doing this podcast thing. And it feels nice to still be going at it, uh, people still supporting it, and it keeps me going. And I realize I've, I have a passion for this, you know? Um, I would have not kept doing it if I didn't have a passion for it. So I appreciate coming on the mic, speaking my mind, talking about the things that I like to talk about. And we're going to keep this thing going. So the moon child is here to stay. All right. And speaking of March, there's a lot of madness in March today. Uh, A lot of shifting going around in the two major sports that I like to watch in football and basketball. I'm um, going to talk about a little bit more football today, and but I'm going to start off with basketball. I'm going to talk about the trade deadline, um, talk about the NFL draft, what prospects I like, and how this is the most interesting QB class in history. And I'll get a quick little rundown on the 49ers, where I hope they have planned, you know, what moves they plan to draft and, you know, improve the team to get back to the super bowl now it's funny uh, when i talk about the you're gonna see a difference when i talk about the niners and i talk about the sac sacramento kings because when i'm talking about the sacramento kings you know i'm talking about one of the worst franchises in the M- nba but when it comes to football where you know i can be a little arrogant and i can talk a little bit more shit because you know niners got the hardware to prove it went to the super bowl and that's just a much better franchise. And that's a top five franchise in the NFL compared to being bottom five. But to the NBA, the trade deadline is March 25th. Last night, the Kings beat the Rockets. And, you know, I'm not too impressed about the win. The Rockets are showing that they are in a complete rebuild. Uh, PJ Tucker's not happy there. I'm pretty sure they're going to shop. Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo has no business in being there due to the fact that he has he's on the final year of his contract to become a free agent. Um, the Rockets are not winning or planning to win anytime soon. So I see that's why they didn't get Karis Levert because they would have got Karis Levert, Karis Levert would have just been a guy on a bad team that they traded James Harden for. So I think the Rockets see an opportunity to flip Oladipo and I think Oladipo would be able to help a championship team. Uh, He's a combo guard. He can play the one as well. Uh, He is a threat defensively. Um, Even though he had that injury, I watched him versus the Nets uh, when James Harden made his return to Brooklyn. And uh, Victor Oladipo's foot speed was there with James Harden. And we all know that Victor Oladipo is an elite defender. Um, It was questions that if he was still an elite defender after the ACL injury, but he's proved that he's back. Uh, when I watch him defensively, he's one of the best perimeter defenders at his position. And if you can bring an impact defensively, you can impact a championship team for sure. I like I like him going to Miami, either Miami or or Milwaukee. If if he can get to Milwaukee, oh my God, just imagine the backcourt defense with Drew Holiday and. Victor Oladipo, Chris Middleton's a pretty good defender, and then you got the defensive player of the year in Giannis, and then you got a guy who's usually top 10 in blocks with Brooke Lopez. I like that starting five. I already told you the situation about Milwaukee, though, is that they need uh, a six-man if they really want to make an impact this year. But Milwaukee's time is coming. Giannis is there for five years. I like what Milwaukee got going on. I hope the best for them, especially as a small market city if we get back to the kings um these next seven games before march 25th is gonna determine if we're selling or if we're competing for the playoffs we gotta remember that 10 teams can make the playoffs and we're really only two games out of away from the 10th the 10th spot to be eligible to be in the playing game you know i will tell you here because nobody talks about the kings but we're on the same level as the pelicans right now we have and if you If you look at the Pelicans, you think they have a chance. You know, you look at their roster, you would think that they have a chance to compete for the playoffs. When I look at the Kings roster, you wouldn't think that they can compete for the playoffs, but we're able to make it work. Um, And if they can find a way to compete for playoffs, I would be happier with that than selling. Because like I said, if you can build a winning culture, if you can gain momentum and show the guys... You know if, if the players can get used to winning in some sense i feel like that can be a that can go a long way you know what i'm saying we already got guys that we can build around we just need the glue guys and we need the defensive pieces if we want the get team to get better which is fully possible and you don't need a top 10 pick to do that it's all about the mentality for me um the mental aspect and the interesting thing about the second part of the season is that our schedule will be easier than the first half of the season i remember we played more playoff teams, for sure, more than non-playoff teams. We played a lot of top five seeded teams in both respective conferences. But if you look at these next seven games it was eight games, but we beat the Rockets five of the seven teams, five of the seven games are against teams that are the similar caliber as the Kings, in my opinion. Um, like I said, we have March 25th to decide, you know, how we perform against these teams that are the same caliber as us to see if we need to sell. The guys like Buddy Heald or maybe Harrison Barnes or maybe even Rashawn Holmes to just throw this season in the trash and, you know, then get a top 10 pick and clear space to see what we can do for the next season to build around Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox. But these next five out of seven games, like I said, um, are against teams of similar caliber. So let's look at the next seven games. We got the Rockets. All right. We just beat the Rockets. We play the Hawks tomorrow, I believe. Then we play the Hornets, Hawks-Hornets, winnable games. Then we play the Wizards, winnable game. Play the Celtics, we beat the Celtics, but that's a playoff team. You know, the Celtics are definitely favorite. Then we play the 76ers, 76ers are for sure favorite, who I think is the best team in the Eastern Conference. Then we play the Cavs, and then we play the Hawks again. And then on March 25th, that trade deadline day, we play the Warriors. I'm not counting the Warriors game, because if we do plan to make a move, I think it'll be before march 25th i don't think it's going to be last second well we're going to see what happens but hawks hornets wizards Cavs, hawks those teams are not on another level than the kings and you know if if the kings can win five out of the next seven games we're in a different picture when it comes to the playoffs because then because like i said we're not five or six games behind these teams we're only we're, we're still in this race for the playing and that's what makes this selling or buying things so difficult because so many ch- teams have a chance to make the playoffs and if we need to trade somebody you know if we're if we're winning with the group that we got if we need to trade somebody, we can always do that in the off season you know what i'm saying i don't think we need to you know if we need to make a move now type thing if, if buddy heel can raise his value up and may help us with that playoff run that can make us trade value higher for the playoffs. So we have the same record as the Pelicans right now. And everybody likes what the Pelicans got going on. Um, we have some young stars as well that are on the rise. And I think they're hungry to win. And like, if we can build a winning culture, building a winning culture is more important than to me, as I say all the time is more important to me than getting a top five pick. Hands down. It will go a much longer way if we have a winning culture and that's definitely desperately what this team needs. So it's gonna be interesting. Uh, we're gonna see how these next five to seven games progress. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to watch every single game now that I have two jobs, but enough with the NBA today. I'm gonna talk about a little bit about the football aspect. So a little rundown of my, of my fan football background so I was a Raider fan I was a Raider fan most of my life you know I grew up a freeway exit away from the Coliseum and yeah no problem being a Raider fan you know it's sad times but the passion in the city the culture of the organization um just the pride of the city that took in that team I felt like it was amazing you know what I'm saying you see even though all the pain Watching that team just constantly be bad. you know I'm, last time they won a playoff game when I was two years old. that's longer than the Kings. And you know I no problem I have no problem staying loyal to a weak team, but but when you know I heard you know they used to be in they used to be in LA, right They used to they relocated from Oakland once. When I found out they was moving to Vegas, I just thought it was a slap in the face. You know, L.A. Okay, I could have dealt with that. San Diego, I could have even dealt with that. But Vegas, another country, and you know, another state. But just at the end of the day, if this team will, you know, they're probably never. But if if the Raiders was to win the Super Bowl, just knowing that there's not gonna be a parade in Oakland, it's not the Oakland Raiders to me. I became I was an Oakland Raider fan. I'm not no fucking Raiders fan. I don't think the franchise is that great to be a straight Raider fan. I will not argue. With no Raider fan. I will give the sympathy and the de- benefit of a doubt of an Oakland Raider fan. That wants to still support the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't care about Raider fans. You know, you fucking. If you like. I don't give a fuck if you're from another country. I mean, if you give another state or whatever. You like the Raiders. You like the Raiders for just what it is. I don't care. I was an Oakland Raider fan. That is completely different from an LA Raider fan. Or a Sacramento Raider fan. It's completely different all right i was an oakland raider fan and the fact that they weren't going to be in oakland it was just a slap in my face so i went to a team that was going to be in the bay they're going to stay in the bay and i became a niner fan i became a niner fan in 2017 one the, of the the two days after i found out when i found out that the raiders were going to be moving to vegas i was not going to be part of no farewell tour that's just a slap in my face I've been supporting a shitty-ass team my whole life just for them to move away and be shitty somewhere else. Fuck that. No, I'm not doing it. You can't. There's no other franchise that relocated from the same city twice. It's just a slap in the face. I'm not going to stay loyal to that. You know, it's just like a toxic relationship. You know, I'm not going to stay. I'm not toxic. I don't want to stay part of a toxic relationship. Deuces. Deuces. I'll just go support another team. If the Sacramento Kings relocate to fucking Kansas City or something, deuces. I'm becoming a Clippers or a Warrior fan. See ya. I'm not dealing with that shit. You know, I became a fan of that city. I'm not a fan of the brand. I like the city and the passion of what the team provides for the city. That's what I'm about. I'm not, I don't give a fuck about no brand. That's just me personally. If you want to stay a Raider fan, if you're an Oakland Raider fan, you want to stay with them. All power to you. That's good for you. That's not me. I don't care about the brand. And being an Oakland Raider fan was completely different. But those days are over. And I joined the winning side, you know. At first it wasn't the winning side though. So when I first became a fan, they started off like 0 and nine, oh and ten, or something like that. Then Jimmy then you know the Jimmy trade and all that. And they ended up six and ten that year. Then the next year, Jimmy got injured, week three. And they were 2-14 and, and fucking everybody was getting injured. Then the next year, we had that Super Bowl year and go 13-3. and three. And then this year, we had an unfortunate situation with the injuries again. Still found a way to go 6-10. and 10. So, that's my background on my, you know, what teams I support, what team I support. Call me a traitor or whatever, I don't give a fuck. You can call me a trader. There is no reason for me to be loyal to the franchise. That's not loyal to me. That's just my saying on that. So, But away from that, I want to talk about the NFL draft. And this is the most interesting QB class in history. Due to the way that the league is changing offensively, um, You know, quarterbacks have less chance of getting hurt, of course. Um, there's more pass... Defenders can't hit, you know, above the head, they can't make illegal hits the way they used to. It's a lot more space, so um, you know, it's more of a passing league. We all know this is becoming more and more of a passing league. And we all know the league has changed since twenty seventeen, since that Mahomes and Deshaun Watson draft and how important a quarterback is and how dynamic these young QBs are coming out and coming into the league and just making an impact. For an example, Mahomes came and wrecked the league Deshaun Watson came and wrecked the league. Now you got Josh Allen that developed and wrecked the league. Um, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and just recently uh, you got Justin Herbert with no offseason, no OTAs, none of that. Came in and just showed that he's a Terminator. Joe Burrow doing with no offensive line doing what he was doing. And we're still waiting on what we see from Tua, still waiting on what we see from Jalen Hurts. Daniel Jones is all right. Trust me, there's still some bad QBs that come out. Not every QB's been a hit, but there has been some very special QBs that became top 15 already in less than four years and since they've been in the league. Because everybody's dual threat. Um, all the QB camps that, you know, my generation is going through. Like, these are 2,000 babies that are going to be coming into the draft. All these QB camps that they're going through, they're just more advanced. You know what I'm saying? They're coming into the league much more prepared. So... You got four to five game-changing QBs, and you might not see a, a defensive player go in the top 10 this year. A lot of it's very uh, QB wide receiver, you know, popular. You get yourself a skill position, have yourself a good QB, you got yourself a good offense. It's pretty much what it's been. Um, you see what Tom Brady did. He went to a place where they already had O.J. Howard at tight end and Cameron Brait. Then you had two stud receivers that was able to get a 1,000 yards with Jameis Winston um, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, you got the weapons that you got the weapon that Aaron Rodgers had. All he needed is one. He just needed Devonte Adams, who's the best receiver in the NFL. Then you got the Kansas City Chiefs and having Tyreek Hill and um, Travis Kelsey. That's just that's just a killer. You see Josh Allen's game change when he got a guy like Stephon Diggs. So it's all about that QB wide receiver thing that you um, that every team has. And if you got that straight, then you you most likely will have a top fifteen offense. If you can have a a number one receiver, um, and a you know a top fifteen QB, Um, you see how Kyler Murray's game changed when he got DeAndre Hopkins. Wide receiver is very important. If there's four positions, um, that's I would say the the most the top five most important positions that you want on your team. You want to you want your franchise QB, you want your franchise receiver, you want your franchise left tackle. You want your franchise pass rusher. I mean, you can argue for if you want if you rather have a linebacker or a corner. I think a corner is probably more valuable now than a lot a middle linebacker, because then you need somebody you need a number one corner to shut down that number one receiver, having a guy like Jair Alexander, or Jalen Ramsey. But back to the draft, um, you're gonna see probably four or five QBs go and four or five wide receivers go in this top 10 i think there's top 10 talent in on defense for this draft i think uh micah parsons and um micah parsons could go top 10 maybe still but you know people are more focused on the wide receiver and qb position another guy that I, I would say that's probably not going to even go in the first round but he's top 10 talent is that safety from tcu trayvon moorhead I seen I seen some of the tape of him, he's like a Tyran Matthew. You know, you got a safety that can guard, that can line up at linebacker, that can line up at corner, um, that can cover the whole field as ball hawk. But you know, teams don't value a safety in the first round because they don't. They rather uh, they wouldn't want to invest their first round pick into a safety. They feel like they can get a safety in the second round. But hey, they can choose whatever. But uh, I want to give my QB and my wide receiver rankings since most likely uh, a lot of these guys that I'm gonna say is probably gonna go top ten. Um, you might see quarterbacks. You might see the first four picks be quarterbacks. To be brutally honest, but the quarterback class is so interesting this year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go over it. I'm gonna give my top five um, going from five to one. Um, Probably very similar if you've ever seen other uh, QB rankings, but here's how, who I think, and I'll give a comparison on who they're like, and that's already in the NFL. Uh, so number five, I think the fifth best QB is Mac Jones. Now, if you look at him in college, he did exactly what Joe Burrow did, but 1% better. He had the highest QB rating in college football history, right above Joe Burrow. And you can argue and be like, oh, it's because of the weapons he had. You know, Jer Burrow had Jamar Chase, and he also had Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson just broke the record um, in rookie receiving in r- rookie receiving yards passing Randy Moss. Um, but that doesn't, just because you have a good receiver, that doesn't, you can't downplay of how good the QB is as well. He's putting on the dime. He's throwing it on time, and he's dealing with SEC pass rushers as well. Um, now the only question with Mac Jones, because the dude can read the defense, the dude's timing is straight, but it's just, how does he deal under pressure when the play breaks down um, in the NFL speed? Can he escape? Can he make plays when plays don't break down? Because everybody's going to call him a system QB, because in a, in a good system, if everything's going right, if he's in a good situation, good coach, um, he can be very talented, he can be... Another one of those Tom Brady type players that just makes the right reads every single time. He can make all the throws from the pocket. Um, But the people ahead of him are more dynamic than him. But as far as reading the defense, reading the defense and IQ, and he was also a scout team QB for Alabama. He's going against a Nick Saban defense all the time in practice. He's the best in this draft when it comes to smarts and reading the defense for sure i would say my comparison to him though i'm not going to say tom brady um he can have a ceiling like tom brady well i don't think any actually no i don't think anybody can have a ceiling like tom brady but he's talking about making throws from the pockets and reading the defense very well um i com- his comparison to me is kirk cousins i think i see a lot of similarities like that now number four I have Justin Fields now. If you ask me at the beginning of the year, I would have him at my second best quarterback. But based on what I see from the other guys, they have something that Justin Fields does not have. Um, the only problem with Justin Fields is a his he holds on to the ball for too long, and they say that you know this Ohio State offense that you run. It's very easy. It's very simplistic, and. We haven't seen too many Ohio State QBs translate to the NFL really well, um, but I think he's talented. He has the he has an arm. He has the accuracy. He's a physical runner. Um, he's 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 thicker. He's like 6'3". He's like around two hundred thirty pounds. He can run. He can throw. We're just gonna see how he translates. We got we just gotta see how he translates to the NFL game. I still he might still go top five in this draft. Like I said, the first four picks might all bqb um he's very talented if it was any other draft you know if this was a draft last last year um he might be over he might have been taken over to a if you look at the 2018 draft the Kyler murray draft he would have been selected right behind Kyler murray but like i said this qb draft class is uh very stacked um he's a he's an athlete he's a competitor um he's a fighter I like what I see from Justin Fields, but the comparison I have for him is a uh, Dak Prescott. I see a lot of similarities, and Dak Prescott just got paid a whole bunch of money. He's a solid NFL QB. He's top fifteen for sure. So, um, I think Justin Fields in the right situation. You know, it all actually no. All of them. It all depends what situation they go to. Um, you know, if he goes to a dysfunctional organization, he's probably not going to succeed. But if he goes to a good coach, you know, like San Francisco. He's most likely going to succeed. So I'm looking at all these QBs, you know. I think all these QBs, the good thing is I think all these QBs, if they were in San Francisco, they would succeed for sure. Um, Now, if you're talking about Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, I'm not too high on those guys when it comes to San Francisco. Like, I don't think they're going to come in. I don't think Kyle Shanahan is just going to automatically make those guys great. I think these top five prospects that I'm listing that I'm also going to announce is all going to be good if they're they're going to be i think they're already good and if they're in the right situation they can become great type type things so number three um i got trey lance and i got trey lance over Justin fields trey lance only played one year at north dakota state the best division two football um program out there uh he didn't lose a single game he didn't throw a single interception while throwing 42 touchdowns he can run it he can throw it. He's playing in the pro offense, very similar to how the Niners run. And he's the guy I want to draft, which is what I will get into later. But he's 6'3". Um, he got a hell of, of an arm. He throws, it, he throws it on a rope, a lot of velocity. And he's a runner. He can run it. When he has the ball in his hands, um, running the ball, he, he, he runs it like a running back. He runs it like Jalen Hurts. But the thing is, he can pass it with the best of him. He has a killer arm um the only question on this dude is that we don't we don't have enough tape on them but the tape that I've seen I'm like I didn't need to see too much I'm like okay this dude got it he got the deep ball um he does he do, he takes the ball he takes his snaps under center play action all of that um I seen enough talent from him I looked at I looked at the tape I'm like all right he's talented <laughs> I'm not no expert I'll tell you that right now but when I looked at Trey lance and he had his pro day today if you watch him throw the ball You're like, oh, shit, this is something here. And he has the dynamic running ability where he can extend the play and make things happen when things break down. My uh, comparison to him, he's just a little bit shorter, um, but he's still 6'3". He's just not as – he's not a 6'5", but he's like Josh Allen in a way, the Josh Allen that we see now. Um, Josh Allen obviously has had to develop what he is now, but um, Trey Lance doesn't have the inaccuracy like Josh Allen has coming out. Um, the only question on him is, is that we have such a little sample size on him, and it's the competition that he played against. Um, will he be able to, you know, have the same type of impact in the NFL? I think his game can translate well to the NFL. I honestly don't care about where, what school these QBs come from anymore, because if you look at the best QBs and where they're coming from, they're coming from, you know, just random places. Look where Pat Mahomes came from. You know what I'm saying? Aaron Rodgers came from a Juco first before he went to Cal. Josh Allen came from Wyoming. So if you see talent, you see talent. I'm not going to really care about um, what school they went to. I think uh, that as far as the QB position, that's starting to become a little overrated. um, Some of these guys, you know, it's different. Trey Lance has shown me something that, that is different. If you was to combine Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes You would have Trey Lance, in my opinion. I'm really high on Trey Lance. I think he can be really good, especially in the right situation. If Kyle Shanahan was allowed to have him, oh my God. Oh my God. But Trey Lance is definitely the third best QB, in my opinion. Now let's go to number two. I wanted to put him at number one, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. But number two, I have Zach Wilson. Now, I've been watching college football because the Niners were out of it around week seven, week eight, just with all the injuries and the way our schedule was, I was watching more college football than I ever have. It has been more, i watched more college football this year. It's been a while since I watched that much college football. Um, last time I watched a lot of college football was around when I was middle, like middle school, um, around the Johnny Manziel era where Mary Yota and all of them, Michael James and all of them was, was, uh, was playing. But, uh, I got a chance to watch a couple of byu games and i remember my mom's boyfriend telling me after, it was like after his first game in the season and it was the second game i was about to watch he's telling me that the kid from byu he's something special i want him on the niners and this is before he even got as high as he is now so the second game I'm watching the second game oh my like, god damn he puts it on the rope he makes all the sidearm throws he's quick on his feet he throws such a pretty ball I'm like, yo, nobody's talking about this guy. And then i watch him versus Boise State. He just shreds Boise State. And like every single player, like, I'm just intrigued to watch more of what he's doing. I'm just saying, wow, 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 wow. When you got me saying like, wow, and just wanting to watch every single thing you do, you're a special player. That's that's what he is. Um, he is, And he's also 6'3". And my comparison to him is a 6'3", Russell Wilson, with a little bit more... You know, zip to his throw. Um, he's a little agile. He's not quick. He's not. He's not fast, but he's quick. He's good with his feet. But he's like Russell Wilson. But he makes all the Pat Mahomes, Matt Stafford type throws, Aaron Rodgers type throws. Throws off the run. He could throw no look. He throws it a side arm. He, he he throws it at all different types of arm angles. Look like he's playing backyard football out there. It's something amazing to watch. And the only question on him for me is just. You know the competition at BYU. They played one ranked team that was Coastal Carolina. They did lose, um, but I it, he didn't show me nothing that he couldn't do. There's things that Zach Wilson can do that Trevor Lawrence cannot, and I can't say the same the other way. There's every other than his, Trevor Lawrence's height. Zach Wilson can do everything that Trevor Lawrence can do, but I can't. I still can't put Zach Wilson over him, but. You know, you hear from you hear it from me. I think Zach Wilson could for surely become the best quarterback of his draft. You know, but if you don't take him at number one, you know you can't hold him against it. But what I seen from Zach Wilson in college this year, the dude is special throwing the football. And you know, everybody caught up to the hype train. When I was watching him, he was around. You know, maybe a, a late first round pick. But now he's going number one or number two for sure. There's no way he's leaving the top two. No way. Mm-mm. It's not happening. So Russell Wilson is my comparison. Um, and he's a 6'3 version. He looks small, but he's he's 6'3. He's quick on his feet. It's just, man. Man, oh man. I'm telling these are game changers that's coming out the draft. And then, of course, at number one, I got Trevor Lawrence. Um, he was going to be the number one pick since... That college, when he won the national championship versus Alabama, that's all we needed to see. We knew he was going to become the number one pick, and he still is going to be the number one pick. He's the prototype. He's the, this is the number one pick where it's like, where it was Troy Aikman was for sure going to be the number one pick. Peyton Manny was for sure going to be the number one pick. Andrew Luck was for sure going to be the number one pick. Where you know you're going to get a good 15 years consistency. He's 6'6". He makes all the throws. He has the arm strength. He's also quick on his feet. He's a prototypical quarterback. Leader, he's mature. He's everything that you want. It's Trevor Lawrence, there's nothing else to say. My comparison to him, Andrew Luck. Uh, there's not too much to say about Trevor Lawrence. We already know he's gonna be the number one pick. I think he's gonna be a good spot for him in Jacksonville with him and Urban Meyer. And he has advantages over Zach Wilson. Physically, him being 6'6 in the NFL is going to help him a lot. Um, I don't see him being unsuccessful in the NFL. I would be very shocked if he is, but there's a very, very low chance that he's going to be unsuccessful. So I'm not going to go picky and pick every little parts of the game. It's Trevor Lawrence. We know what he's going to be. He's going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. That's just what it is. Now, those are my QB rankings. Now, I want to actually give a quick... Think of my wide receiver rankings because this is very debatable also, and it's only four of them. You got Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, but you also got Kyle Pitts, and I'm gonna rank them in my order. I kind of accidentally already said my order, but I'm gonna tell you why. Um, Number four, and I think all these guys are probably going top ten as well. So you got five quarterbacks that probably might go top ten. Yes, Mac Jones might still go top ten, and you got four receivers three receivers, one tight end, that's probably going to go top 10 as well. That's nine out of the picks. And then you have the o lineman from Oregon in Penny Sewell, Penny Sewell and Rashawn Slater. Um, So the only defensive player that I'm, two defensive players that I might see crack the top 10, we might see crack the top 10 is uh, Caleb Farley or Micah Parsons. But let's go to receiver rankings. Number four, I got Jalen Waddle. And the only thing that's holding me back from putting him higher is just the injury. Um, but when I seen him, I got to see if he can be that explosive again. But um, this is a Tyreek Hill reincarnated. And he was outrunning, looking like just way faster on another level, playing in the SEC. I remember his one game watching, I think it was versus Ole Miss. He had like two or three punt returns. And he just has an unreal different speed. And he's solid. It's not like Henry Ruggs where he's a little skinny. He's a solid dude. Like he's, he's 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 a solid dude. Like he don't looks too skinny or nothing. Um, he just has unreal breakaway speed. He's just faster than everybody on the football field. And like I said, I think he's like a Tyreek Hill. Um, he did have that ankle injury that messed up his whole year. Um, but if he can recoup from that, tch, you're getting yourself a real weapon. Cause this dude is a real deal. Um he's just so dynamic with the ball in his hands. Run after the catch he's so dynamic with the ball in his hands. He can do the punt return, you can do the kick return, screen passes, the deep threat. He has it all. And you're definitely getting a Tyreek Hill type weapon in Jalen Waddle. Number three, it's tough. I got Jamar Chase. Yes, I do have Devontae Smith over Jamar Chase, and I'll explain why. Uh Jamar Chase He's just a baller. Um, I wouldn't say he has a significant... What's it called? A significant... What's that word I'm looking for? Like a significant skill, like a like an advantage. He's just good all around. He's very good all around. He's a baller. He's a guy... I don't think he's like the greatest route runner. He's not the fastest guy. He's not the tallest guy. He's physical, but he's not the most physical guy. Um, but... He gets it done. He's a baller. He one-on-one. You can't guard him. He's going to get what he wants. He's shown that in his that year with, with the Joe Burrow year. He was the number one receiver. Justin Jefferson was the number two receiver. Um, the stats don't lie. The film don't lie. Um, you're getting a, a true number one receiver in him. And I would say my comparison to him is um, a guy who's on the Ascension, who I think is pretty underrated, who I think is better than his old Miss teammate, DK Metcalf, and that's A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's, you know, similar size, similar um, measurements, and he gets it done, and he can just do everything. He's a all-around receiver. Um, if I was to talk about both of them, Jamar Chase and A.J. Brown, they have uh, Terrell Owens type potential, where you can just do it all, um, where you're at good speed, have good football speed, you can run the routes, you can be physical, you can win the one on one balls. Those are just true number one receivers. I think Jamar Chase is the true number one receiver. The only knock on him is that he took this year off, but he's training. I think he already showed enough film. And, you know, a lot of people have Jamar Chase as the best receiver in this class, as the number two prospect in this draft class. Not me in my opinion, but, you know, it's all subjective anyway. Jamar Chase is for surely a baller and it's going to be exciting what he does in the NFL because we just seen Justin Jefferson do what he do. And everybody's been arguing that Jamar Chase was actually the better receiver. So it's going to be interesting what he does. Number two. And this is the greatest college football, greatest receiver in college football history that I've ever seen. Um, I got to watch a couple, a lot of Alabama games this year. And what Devontae Smith was doing was unreal. And the reason why I have him as the best receiver. In this class out of jamar chase and jalen waddle he possesses something differently now you can talk about his weight him being only 170 pounds but he has that special now when he's running he not not no 4-3 four, four, runner but he has a thing called football speed um antonio brown jerry rice wasn't the fastest 40 time guys but when on the field they look like they're the fastest guy um, I can even compare it to soccer. Lionel Messi, he was ne- he's not the fastest guy straight line speed. But when on the field, he just looked quicker than everybody else. Now, when I see Devontae Smith, dude just glides. He glides. He glides past guys. He's gliding past SEC defenders for four years. Remember, his freshman year, he was the one who made that game-winning t- touchdown from Tua against Georgia in 20, in 2018 or 2017. He's been consistent and he stayed all four years. He's really developed his game and you can see all the work that he's put in and how much better he's got to prepare for his senior year and get that second national championship um, in his senior year. I think he's ready, his mentality, his work ethic looks, looks good, his maturity, all that looks great as well. Um, I think he's just an absolute baller. I'm just watching him shred people. And he's just such a good route technician. He understands zone. Um, Him his Mac Jones connection was just so fun to watch. It felt like every time I looked up, it was just Devontae Smith catching some bomb. He just, he was just unreal. That's why he was the Heisman winner. Um, My comparison for him, I'm not going to compare him to do the NFL today. Because I don't think there's anybody in the NFL today that looks like him and does what he does. I, I see a lot of Marvin Harrison. Skinny, understands how to get open. He can run every single route. But And with Devontae Smith, he, like I said, he glides. He possesses something different. He's not no ordinary runner. Like It is different. You just got to watch the tape. And I, I don't think his weight is going to have anything to do with it. I think he's just an outstanding football player. And I think he can do it at the next level as a number one receiver. Mark my word on it. I hope he ends up on the Dolphins with Tua. Now, number one, uh, he's not a wide right receiver. And he will be the he will be the, the first domino of one day where t- a tight end will be picked number one overall. And I think Kyle Pitts is gonna take that to another level. Travis Kelsey and um Kittle. Definitely helped TJ Hawkinson and um, Noah Fant, you know, become first rounders, which is also changing. The tight end position is changing and becoming more valuable than ever. If you look at the last three Super Bowl teams, you look at the 2017 Eagles, you got Zach Ertz, 2018 Patriots, you got Gronk, you got the 2019 um, Chiefs, you got Travis Kelsey. They're facing against George Kittle. Um, You got 2020. You have, um, you have Rob Gronkowski versus Travis Kelsey. So, a lot of these Super Bowl teams have top five tight ends. And you see the way that Darren Waller was able to just carry the, the Raiders offense last year. Kyle Pitts, 6'6. Now, I know he's a tight end, but he's just a straight weapon. Um, you can line him up in the outside, you can line him up in the slot, you can line him up in the tight end position. He was straight weapon. He's unguardable, unguardable one-on-one. He's going to be a mismatch for corners. He's going to be a mismatch for safeties. And he's going to be too fast for linebackers. I don't see how you can guard him. Um, I don't see how you can guard him without double teaming him. I don't. Um, he's too dynamic of a weapon. His comparison is obviously Darren Waller. And Darren Waller showed that he's too dynamic of a weapon. If you don't double team him, you can't stop him. He's going to be too fast for linebackers. He's too big for corners and safeties. Uh, This is going to change the game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets took him. Now, they're not going to select him at number two. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded down to number three or number four, get some more draft capital, and if they want to build around Sam Darnold, get that weapon in Kyle Pitts at number three or number four. Um, He's the best weapon in this draft, for sure. He, He possesses something that nobody else has and at the tight end position it's going to change the game we're going to see a tight end go number one overall one day Two, can't be kyle pitts because of the qb class this year but if this wasn't a stack qb class kyle pitts could have easily been number one for sure um he's a complete offensive weapon and you can you can have your whole game plan revolve around him so the weapons coming out the draft this year is going to be crazy. It's all about weapons and your QB in today's NFL. So all those guys I list for the QB and my receivers, I think they all go in top 10 for sure. I think a team might even take a chance on Mac Jones um, in the top 10. But Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, all of them are going top 10 and we're seeing the NFL change before our eyes. And it's pretty fun to watch now if I just want to before I end here I just want to talk about the Niners um what I hope they do the dream is to trade up for Trey Lance we got extra third round picks compensatory however you say that word got it for uh we got it for losing Robert Salah now that Robert Sala is the head coach of the Jets shout out to the Jets for hiring him they got a good they got a good head coach but we got some uh draft cap over it and My dream is that we can hopefully trade up to number three, um, to the Dolphins, hopefully, if they wanna make a deal with us, or hopefully the Jets. Um, I would love to get Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is the perfect fit. I have no problem with keeping Jimmy, and I don't have no problem with keeping Trey Lance to just sit and watch for a year, but I think Trey Lance is special. i seen him run the pro offense really well in his tape. He's, doing, he's grabbing a lot of snaps under center, doing a lot of play action, the same shit that the Niners do. I can just see him doing a play action, rolling out, throwing a dime to Kittle on a rollout. I just see good things from him. I just see good things. I would love to have him on our team. We need that dynamic QB, especially in the division that we're in. I don't know if Russ is going to still be there, but we still got to deal with Kyler Murray and now Matthew Stafford. But if not, if we don't trade up um, because we select net 12, if Caleb Farley's available, he's the guy I would want the most. He's a number one corner. We need a number one corner to match up with Hopkins, DK, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, Corey Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup. Um, a number one corner can really help us out, especially that we're not bringing back Sherman. Um, if you're telling me that we're going to get a Marshawn Lattimore, a Denzel Ward, or But Tredavious White and Caleb Farley, I'm all for it. Um, Another option is Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. His pro day was phenomenal. Um, He has very good tape against Chase Young. He did very good against Chase Young. He was the best tackle in college football to contain Chase Young. So that's a big, that's a one I would like because I don't know if we're going to necessarily, if we get Rashawn Slater, hopefully we pay Trent Williams trade away McGlinchey and get some extra draft capital for McGlinchey because if we get Rashawn Slayer, then we don't have to pay McGlinchey. And his time is starting to come where if we want to get a fifth-year option and if we don't want to get a fifth-year option from him because he did have a bad season, then we might have to trade him away. Or um, maybe trade down like two or three spots. If if we can't get one of those two, I like to trade down two or three spots to get Aziz Olojari. Um, I think he's the best pass rusher in the draft. If we can move on from D. Ford, replace D. Ford with Ajiz Oguajirari. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's a defensive end from Georgia. I wouldn't mind keeping that, you know, that philosophy where we would like to have four guys rushing the passer and being elite. Because um, that was a big reason why we won games last year because of our pass rush. We just caused every, we gave every team trouble. So those are like the three options. Those are the one I'm looking at. The draft is not going to be till like late April. I'm excited for it. Free agency is coming for the NFL. And we're going to see how that season goes. So today was a long episode. Probably rambled a little longer than I would like. But if you're still here listening, I appreciate it. I love you. And I hope you have a good evening. I hope the day goes. I hope life is going solid for you. Just keep it pushing. Be grateful for the things you do have instead of the not. But other than that, I'm going to keep it at here. And this is episode 31 that I'm ending. And we'll see you next time I upload. Alright then. Peace.